Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Yay, we're back to well, I'm saying we're back together. We're back in the same country. On jumbo, the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> same time zone. How was it? Did you have a lovely time? Oh, do you know what? It was just so magical. And I think I probably need to start off by saying that I was really aware that there was lots of stuff going on back at home. Loads of people, mm. loads of people that I know really well had all of their cancelled, their um, Christmas plans cancelled. Loads of people got COVID. I reckon eight out of 10 people that I knew got COVID. And I was really aware that all of that was going on. Yeah. And, you know, you can't help but think about that in terms of just being able to be with my mum and the kids being with her. We had the most incredible trip and I'm so grateful that we managed to get away because it all could have gone tits up. So, yeah, it was a real, oh, I just feel completely refreshed and ready to go. And, you know, I think I I I should probably say this now, like you guys know listening that I haven't had the easiest time with my mum. Yeah. Um, You know, the relationship has been tricky and I think it was the first trip that we haven't let the past condition are are like present does that that's make sense really, yeah no that's really good well done so I know you've done like a lot of work as well to get yeah. to that to get to that place so I'm really pleased that Thanks, you got mate. there thank you how thank are you? you I'm good I'm really good I'd love to say I'm the same as you and feel refreshed but we had covid um oh, just that. before Christmas I know did you manage to have a Christmas yes we did so luckily that whole seven day thing came out mm-hmm. um and so we sort of spoke to our families and said you know if we test negative on day six and seven then technically we can you know we can still carry on with Christmas mm. and they were all totally fine about it um and they were well, like yeah yeah why not come but anyway my dad's actually got it who knows where he got it from um Mm. but you know actually everyone's okay so um yeah I'm I'm so glad that we managed to have a Christmas as well but it definitely Mm. did take the spark out of the week before Christmas for me because I was just yeah not really knowing what you know what we were going to do and I was trying to deliver like a Christmas dinner (laughs) (laughs) you know like piece together oh look I can get carrots from the co-op on delivery (laughs) I can get this and Bisto from the local shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah lovely. Oh, good. Anyway, but it was it was good. It was good. We had a really nice time, and it's the first year that James has ever been off at Christmas. Yes, like this is the first year. I mean, now he still plays football, doesn't he? Part time, but his games yeah. were all cancelled because all of the team had COVID. Yeah, and um, and it, it it was so nice to just 
be not like that sounds weird but just be normal like just have mm-hmm. a normal christmas mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we didn't have to get up at the crack of dawn to leave our family so that he could drive to you know a meeting point and have a match we didn't have any of that he could mm-hmm. drink like it was just yeah it was just so nice I'm so pleased, George, and that's kind yeah. of what you wanted. You're you're oh. so stoic. Like jo- George has kind of got on with her different Christmases for like the last yeah. many fifteen years or whatever. But actually, God. like you said, just have a normal Christmas where James is around and he's able to enjoy all of those family things that he's probably missed in the past, and for you as well to have your partner yeah. there. It was. It was. It really yeah it was really nice um so i mean Gigi learned how to say bollocks so that oh, brilliant <laughs> that, was, that was a good part of christmas <laughs> what a great first word i mean first swear word first swear word bollocks bollocks oh, in fact oh bollocks is actually <laughs> is actually her new phrase for 2022 so it's got off to a great start Gigi for prime minister she she <laughs> yeah. carries on this way what a powerful little diva the outfits that she's been Imagine. pulling out as well they ask her a question so you know what about the parties that you were having when we were all in lockdown oh bollocks <laughs> yeah oh, bollocks. yeah anyway <laughs> I'm glad you know what it sounds like you guys had a great Christmas like obviously with everything that was going on around us and I think I think that's what you know this this period of COVID has taught us. Yeah, I've been having so many conversations with mates going, look, we just don't know what's around the corner anymore. We don't know what's going to be happening in the future. You know, the last two years have been a bit of a blur. So all we've got is today. And I think I, t- I took that to Africa with me as well, that yeah. I don't really know when I'm going to see my mum again. I don't know how long she's going to be around for. You know, she had that horrendous dog attack and I was really worried about her. She's such a strong old boot. Like she healed so well. And she, by the end of the holiday, she was in the sea with us and I was looking. Oh gosh, yeah, of course. No, she was amazing. That was so close to when you went as well wasn't it It was only like a few days before I know I know and so you know it was it was a really lovely kind of stay in the moment trip and we enjoyed every second of it and yeah it was great and now I'm just um trying to slather myself in moisturizer because you know when you come back from holiday and for a day (laughs) people are like oh look at your tan and then they go oh you're a bit dry (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I don't know if you did this when you was younger but I used to sit on the plane on the way home because I read somewhere like you lose 40% of your tan on the way home from holiday I used to sit there with that Lancaster after sun. Tan maximizer. Yeah, tan maximizer. Oh, it's the best. Slathering it all over my body, like throughout the whole flight. It's amazing, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, you and I are the same. We were meant we to are. be, George. Um, yeah. no, so let's get into the chat. We actually recorded this um, yesterday. So it's very, very, very fresh. And um, the person that we spoke to is one of the kind of rawest and most honest people that I guess we've chatted to, in as much that she doesn't have a filter which I love and she just says it how it is and she's also like really inspirational online she's got a massive following and Mm. she's all into body positivity real parenting she shared her IVF journey because she had a really tough time conceiving um and she's just a great spokesperson to kind of the real for the real shit. Yeah. And I do you know what I really enjoyed this chat and actually the first couple of minutes that we were interviewing her I thought this is going to be fantastic and people yeah. you know people are going to enjoy listening to to this lady because yeah like you say she just laid it all out exactly how it was just I mean I learned a lot from that episode actually. Oh me too. Me too. I learned that you could take a photographer like a photographer into the like the birthing room with you to photograph 
photograph all your bits. That was an interesting topic, but <laughs> but also what it looks like. Oh, I mean, God, I don't know. I mean, we talked about everything. So we yeah, did. there's a few references to poos, um, yep. just to warn you. There's also some special sucky lube. You, you might enjoy that part. Lube, yeah, yes. you might enjoy that part of the chat. Yeah, I would just say if you're listening to this around children, maybe have it in your headphones. Yes. Um, <laughs> who are we chatting to today, George? Today we are chatting to George Horn, otherwise known as Fuller Figure Fuller Bust. This is going to be quite confusing because um, <laughs> our guest today has got the same name as our George. So we're going to call George G and we're going to call our guest George. We're very, very, <laughs> very excited about speaking to this amazing lady today, a professional curvy model known for her open and honest personality uh, and promoting inclusivity within the modelling and kind of digital spaces. She had the best Christmas present of all by giving birth to her little girl around three months ago. Uh, and she's openly shared her IVF journey online to her something like 350,000 followers who are very much engaged in her whole thing, as are we today. Please welcome to the podcast, Georgina Horn, aka Full of Figure, Full of Breasts. Hello. Hi, thank you so much. What, what an intro. What I was sat there like <laughs> blushing, like, oh, this is really nice. Really nice. Uh, could, can we just say before we start, George is currently with her little girl on her chest, rocking. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm going to start rocking during this podcast. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I think we're good. so. It's such a weird question, isn't it? How are you? I think everyone goes to go, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. But really, how has it been? Because we know the first few months of, you know, having a baby can be tough, can be amazing. You know, what have you been going through? So I've actually made a pact that when people who know me like well enough that I can offload, not just a random woman in the supermarket, ask me how I am, I will tell them I've actually not been like 100% all the time. Like I'm having the best time being a mum, but that Everyone warns you the first few weeks are hard, but until you do it, I just don't think you can grasp the overwhelmingness of basically keeping a human alive. Um, I've been really lucky that I've been able to exclusively breastfeed, but also that has made me feel quite like shackled to her. I've been like, oh my goodness, if even if I fall asleep, like I can't, I can't do anything because if she needs me, I need to be there and I need to be mm. able to whip it out, put it in her mouth. I need to be able to pick her up I need to like I need to be able to do all these things there's no oh it it can wait five minutes it can wait 10 minutes it's not like feeding the cat who'll just meow at me for a bit longer like this is a tiny tiny baby (laughs) who's wanting to chat you want to have a little chat um and so like those first few weeks especially when my husband went back to work I was just like I can't do this this is so overwhelming I can't like just put her back in me for a bit like I'll be fine like I so when people have said to me how are you I've been like I struggled. I really struggled in ways that I didn't think I would. Um, And we ended up hiring a doula, which was an amazing decision. Um, But now it feels like so much better. Like I don't even recognize the kind of person I became when I just completely, like one night I just looked at my husband and I was like, I don't know what to do. Please help me. I'm having a panic attack. And he was like, I don't know what to do. Do we call an ambulance? So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a long rambled way. I don't think you're alone in in no. those comments. I think definitely both George and I went through that as well. Um, how much about being a mum did you 
know going into parenthood had you had experience with little ones before so my sister's got two little ones and actually she and I weren't that close until she had the first one and then I think it sort of mellowed her out a little bit so I've actually been really lucky that I've been able to um, spend a lot of time with them I used to go and stay um, a couple of times a month with her to help because her husband's away quite a lot with work um and I like worked as a nanny, like I've always loved being around children. So quite prepared. I IVF baby. So we literally made sure we were hypnobirthing, we were NCTing, we did everything. <laughs> um, and I thought I was so prepared, but there's just still so much you have to, like it doesn't matter if someone tells you like cluster feeding is hell. You're like, yeah, cluster feeding is, like you have to live it before you before you can fully grasp it. So I feel like I was prepared. I feel like I know a lot. I feel like I knew all about like the different pain relief and stuff, but I didn't know how effective snot suckers were until we used one and like the <laughs> white noise machine and like all of that, like you have to go there. Like the feeling of like your uterus contracting back is just all these little yes. things. Yes. No one talks about that actually, do they? And it's really painful. It can yeah. be really painful. Yeah. Those you things. just mentioned that your journey to becoming a mum, you know, wasn't straightforward. You know, you went through IVF. Can you just take us back to when you started trying to conceive and when you realised that you would have to have some kind of intervention? So actually, my husband and I were talking about it yesterday because um I don't know like about other people listening and like how like you have those people who don't really try but I guess every woman sort of knows when when her fertile window is a little bit or yeah. you've looked into it a little bit and of course you're going to be like is my period turning up is that implantation bleeding um uh, I call it the deep sea diving which is quite graphic but I was like checking my fertile cervical mucus I was checking my cervix like I was doing everything um we actually sort of didn't try for too long before actually seeing a doctor but we hadn't used protection in a very long time sort of like yeah if it happens um and then it was at the beginning of 2019 we actually uh the beginning of yeah 2019 we went to see a doctor um and we kind of got the news that we would probably need intervention but that took many many months before we actually conclusively were told you know it probably won't happen naturally went to see a fertility specialist as well who was sort of like yeah it's really really not going to happen but it, it there was like a tiny chance it could so we were still like giving it a go like I remember like the worst day with trying to conceive was like we'd got out our diaries we planned it for the month but it coincided with me driving home from Manchester after two days of photo shoots and I was like Robbie you have to be ready the moment I walk in the door I'm not doing anything I'm gonna lie there and I want it over within five minutes I do not want to have to speak to you. I don't want to have to look at you. You'd be clean, ready to go. It's my do not kiss me on the mouth. Yeah, don't do anything. I've been driving home from Manchester, so I don't. I do not want to exert any energy. And it's just like takes all of the fun out of shagging when you have to be like lying there, like putting in the special lube that like pulls up the sperm. What and, is like, this special oh, yes, lube? I yes, hadn't heard of this lube. before. What is the special lube that sucks up the sperm? I, I, I know about never heard this. Of it before. I it's know meant about to this. emulate your, so your fertile cervical mucus is meant to help sort of keep the sperm hanging around until the egg appears. So it's meant to sort of emulate that but actually an orgasm is meant to be what sucks up the sperm so I was there with like all of the toys cleaned and charged like which one like you know like a butcher's roll like rolling out the knives I was like that like let's just bring out the big guns like what's it gonna be today lads um because within like 15 minutes of the man ejaculating if a woman has an orgasm her body it, the female orgasm like pulls up the sperm so you get the lube up you get that you get a pillow under the bum sticking a moon cup up to keep it up like 
Honestly. But wouldn't it be great if the orgasms happened a bit more frequently? Yeah. Like, it's just so much easier, isn't it? Like maybe that, that maybe that would be the change, you know? It's like, well, yeah. that's one of the things that we need to put to the top of the list. So you were doing all of that. So it was like legs above the head, special oh sperm. God. Right, okay. So how, how long was that going on for? So we only started IVF that got me pregnant with her um, the very end of 2020. Um, okay. And it's, it, it was a it's called a long protocol so that was like several weeks of injecting and things so we were actually trying I guess for just shy of three years mm, like gosh, before wow, I actually George. got pregnant so it's a long it's time long. What, it is what, long. <laughs> what was life like for you during that uh, during that period and just just tell us about what that does to somebody when I guess month after month you're sort of faced with that so it's weird to think of because when you think of like a year that's 12 opportunities which doesn't sound like much like when you're trying it's of course the week of trying and then the two-week wait and then a week of period so actually for three weeks of the month you're thinking about it and during your period you're getting your diaries out and like planning planning your scheduled shagging and then it just felt like every month I got a period, it was just like, okay, 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 we can do this, we can try again. And then there gets to a point where you're like, everyone around me is getting pregnant. Some mm. people are on their second kid. Mm. You don't realise until you're in it, like what the sight of like a pregnant woman can do to you and like what sort of other people getting pregnant can sort of feel like. You're just, it just hurts. Like it felt like, because you're hyper aware so every tv show I watched someone was pregnant someone was having a baby someone mm. needed to have an abortion someone was having a miscarriage like there was some kind of aspect of pregnancy then we were sort of watching I don't know friends there's an IVF storyline sex in the city there's yeah. an IVF storyline yeah. Gavin and Stacey there's an infertility storyline so you're like oh my god it's everywhere like we watched Gavin mm. and Stacey for something lighthearted, and then the storyline comes up and Robbie like looked at me and I was like I forgot this was in here I'm so sorry mm. and like we mm. you just get to the point where you become very bitter you become um, jealous upset obsessed it's it honest I didn't recognize who I was and like the really horrible thoughts I had like the really dark and like upsetting thoughts where I was just like you you can't wait you can't have another baby I haven't had one yet like you just yeah. have to hold on like let me get my one out and then you can crack on with the rest yeah. of them and it it's just yeah <laughs> what do you do to protect yourself it, you know when you're going through something like that because I you know I've got friends who have, you know, been trying to conceive while other friends have been pregnant. And, you know, as somebody in the middle, it's like you're trying to protect both friends. You want to be really happy for the friend that's pregnant and might be going on about her pregnancy and everything. But you're equally aware that another friend is trying to conceive. And actually, that might be really hurting her feelings every time she's talking about it. But equally, you want the friend who's pregnant to be happy. And it, it it's difficult, but I guess when you're, you know, you are the person trying to conceive, how how do you go about protecting yourself when it is everywhere, like you say? Yeah, it's hard. It's also like I had friends who got pregnant who felt so guilty and I didn't want them to feel like that. Like one friend who got pregnant, we started trying it around the same time and it took her just shy of a year. So it wasn't short for her. And she Googled how to text me and tell me. She Googled and found that actually it's better to text so that I had a space to react, which I cried quite a lot when I found out. Um, and yeah, it's hard. Like, I think we're all different. Like some people can be really happy and stay positive and everything else. Um, and like some people, they find the pregnancy the hard bit. Some people find the babies the hard bit. For me, definitely still, I find people getting pregnant hard. I, I, 
don't know why, but I still, I still am like, oh, you don't know what it's like to inject your stomach at eight in the evening and have your like eggs retrieved from you. And I still get that like jaded feeling, although like I've got quite a nice, easy baby. She's been a bit grumbly today. So I do, I do feel like we've got a nice payoff there. I I love that you're talking about this and I want to, and like, thank you for being so open and honest about it. Cause I think it's a subject that isn't spoken about though. Actually, you know, we're supposed to put a face on and go, oh, congratulations and feel okay. And actually outwardly, you know, kind of present you know a certain way of how we're feeling but but clearly for people that are going through struggles to conceive it is absolute hell my only experience in this is my sister who is infertile and can't have children and I remember the day that I told her that I was pregnant with Luna and I remember thinking well I don't know how to do it and I don't know what to say and I know it's going to be devastating and I can't wait to tell her but at the same time it's going to break her heart she stood up in the restaurant ran to the loo burst into tears in the loo and came out and said you know, I'm thrilled for you, but this is just devastating for me. And I, I, so I sort of get it. And I was really, really aware of how she was feeling during my pregnancies, really aware. And Catherine said, my sister said, every time she saw a Facebook um, announcement of another person getting pregnant, she just sobbed. Yeah. it's So I still even feel guilty now because actually within the IVF community, having done two rounds, I'm actually quite lucky. It's the right. biggest gamble of, of your life when you do IVF because every time something, every day that goes by after you've had your eggs retrieved and hopefully enough quality to fertilize you are losing embryos and your embryos maybe aren't good enough quality so it's the biggest gamble of your life and the fact that we had two embryo transfers and this one worked and this one wasn't even graded so they like grade them which apparently gives you like a tiny percentage chance better of it sticking a better chance of if they freeze it and defrost it, it'll be fine we called this one wonky because she didn't even make the perfect beautiful rounded blast assist that she should have been she was just all not good quality so we were like oh fine this one's not going to work either and then I felt her implant like I felt this pinching feeling inside it was insane like you're hyper aware hyper aware I think when you're trying to conceive of mm. Everything anyway. So I've been very like tuned into my like ovaries for a long time. But like the like few days after I had the transfer, I felt this feeling. I did a test a few days later, it was positive, and then she just carried on sticking around. So amazing. Yeah, it's so hard. I can't imagine what it's like to be on the other side of the coin and to have conceived easily and to be around people because obviously, yes, your struggle isn't as hard, but in a way, you not being able to share that joy as as freely as you'd like to with your sister is also hard for you because you're also grieving for your sister. You're also yeah. grieving yeah. the the happiness yeah. that you could share. Like the whole thing is shocking. What's the right thing to do though? It's really hard to know what the right thing to do. And I think people listening to this will be asking the same question because it's either them in the position who can't, you know, they can't conceive or they've got somebody close to them who can't. Yeah. Um, so how how are you supposed to even start tackling that? Do you talk? Do you is it is it communication? Is it saying nothing? Is it hiding from them? What 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 is the answer? Do you think? So I guess everyone's different, but like the way my friend actually Googled and Google recommended a text, I think that is so right. Like I think the worst thing you could not that you did the worst thing because you wouldn't 
you wouldn't know you would you were chatting with your sister but for me personally it would have been hard to react in front of someone and smile Mm. and be like oh okay but that was just me I guess as well because sending a text when you're you know when you're sharing some big news or some important news we're always told that you know you don't send that in a message you know you phone someone you speak to Mm. them so it's quite I guess it's not natural for people to just put something so big in a text message but I, I get it that it gives you the space yeah yeah it's so for me I just I'm not very good with really positive 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 you'll be fine you will be a mum one day it will only take one even if you're not a mum you can adopt you can do this like I found that quite hard I needed friends to take it as they found me and just listen like some of my friends actually looked into IVF and what it all was and sort of Mm. like what all the medication meant and how long everything took and like what it what it would be like for me um friends offered to do things to distract me let's go on walks or whatever like let's do things that you can't do when you're pregnant so I mean obviously bungee jumping would have been great but mostly I just ate a lot of sushi um and just (laughs) all, all the other things that you you know you can't really do at that time I also kept busy in lockdown by doing loads of really fun photo shoots with corsets and other things that obviously I haven't haven't seen the light of day in a very long time (laughs) um and that for me was perfect I needed distractions I needed them I also needed friends to sort of tell me if mutual friends maybe were pregnant that that maybe I wasn't that close to that I would probably found out on Instagram rather than from a text you know that sort of people on the outskirts of the group or like I remember when Ashley Graham got pregnant and my friend like texted me to be like just before you see it on Instagram you should know that Ashley Graham has just announced her pregnancy um and I was really grateful because I think if I'd have been scrolling and seeing that it might have knocked me but hearing it from a friend was a bit nicer so for me that's kind of what worked like unfortunately with like infertility and trying to conceive and stuff uh, there isn't like you can't make it nice there's a Mm. point where it just isn't nice but Mm. I think your friends can do their best to kind of protect and comfort you it's kind of like his friends gone through a bad breakup they don't then want to be like hearing about another friend's really great relationship or like going to like 15 weddings in a week it's Mm. it's just that level of sensitivity around like what people are going through and also what I found didn't help for me was people going oh well you can have mine oh well it's not what it's cracked up to be anyway I'm like well let me find that out yeah. like when people are yeah. like oh well you wouldn't like helpful. it when they're waking you up at 2 a.m I'm like I would love to be waking up my baby at 2 a.m you don't understand how much I want poo all over me and my living room like I cannot tell you how yeah. much that would thrill me the milky so, vomit put the milky vomit all yeah. over me I want it I mean I want my nipples to be bleeding. Yeah. Like, let's go. <laughs> and I get, you know, you've got such a huge online presence. Did you feel like, you know, that you had to be sensitive to your followers who were trying to conceive when you were sharing your pregnancy? Or do you think, you know, it, sh- it should be celebrated? Yeah, so I, I've the whole way through and even till now just said to people, please don't follow me if it's too much please mute me please make sure you're not following anyone who's too much don't hate follow anyone but also don't follow anyone who when you're looking at your phone which should be a nice thing to look at don't be like oh that post was a lot because I've had to mute people and unfollow people throughout all of this um so I tried to announce with sensitivity and when I felt like I'd done enough sort of this is what happened I then sort of posted like any other pregnant person would and I just did a whole load of posts but um I definitely was I was thinking how would I have liked someone to phrase their pregnancy announcement that I followed 
And I also just wanted to acknowledge that it wasn't easy, that it was hard what we went through. Because like some people, when they do IVF, they don't really let people know they've done IVF. But me, I'm like, yeah, this is my baby. And she was IVF. Like, I just, I'm almost like, it's been so much to get to this point. Like I almost want just everyone to know, like, yeah, she's IVF. Like if I, every sweater she wears should say like IVF baby. Mm. Um, But yeah, I just, for me, it's about how would I like to be treated? And that might not be the right way for some of my followers. They might've been like, we don't actually need you to talk about it being IVF. Like an IVF person might be like, it would be nice if you just said it's a pregnancy because that's what it is. But for me, it will always be about those needles. And we actually did a little photo shoot with her with the, all, they were all capped. They were all away from her, but with all the little needles just on a like a little blanket next to her, um, because like she was grown in a lab and she's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like I'm going to celebrate what science did because it did a bloody great job. That's incredible. And also, I guess, well, I'll ask you the question: Do you talk about your IVF journey to highlight it and make it less of a subject? that potentially could be, you know, maybe hidden in secret. You know, lots of people don't feel that they can talk about their IVF Mm -hmm. journeys or they don't want to, they don't have the space, they don't know how to. So are you trying to normalize it in a way? Yeah, definitely. Like it's incredible like how many people need IVF and how it is becoming very common. I think fertility rates aren't as good. We're waiting longer to have babies. We're doing things to our bodies that might decrease fertility. So men, for example, with tight boxes and injecting steroids or like a very drug heavy drink heavy lifestyle that can do so much to sperm count and mobility and Mm. stuff um and I think also back in the day if a woman couldn't have kids they kind of gave up whereas these days it's like no wait there is something you can do um I would love to make it like less taboo less kind of like shameful to to talk about um to normalize like the journey to normalize the fact that like it is like a valid option we'll be right back after this short break quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? And also, you know, not just for people who are trying to conceive, like I conceive naturally, I still want to hear about IVF. I still want to learn about it. I still want Mm. to know what people go through purely out you know out of interest but also so I can support people who Mm. might be going through it so I can know to say the right things and I can avoid saying the wrong things Mm. um so I found it fascinating I actually listened to you on another podcast talking about the two weeks after um embryo what do you call it embryo 
transfer trans yeah transfer. transplant and um, transfer that you ate brazil nuts and all of these other things that i just had no idea can you just talk to us because i find this fascinating oh, i love a brazil nut yeah come on <laughs> i do not so <laughs> um so for my second round i did acupuncture because that's like like obviously it's holistic so it's not for everyone and but I was just like come on let's do all of the things like I need this one to work I don't have it in me to go again but I I think we would have done a third round um but she recommended sort of a more like fermented food um making like uh roast chicken like roasting a chicken sorry and boiling the bones down making a broth both of us drinking that um and then after you have your embryo transfer, you're meant to have McDonald's fries. It's like a IVF superstition. The sodium is meant to oh, make it delicious. stick. You're meant to eat pineapple core. So the pineapple core, which is like the nasty bit of the pineapple, there's a reason they come in rings. Um, that bit is like all like woody and chewy. The amount my tongue barely existed after the amount of pineapple I ate to try and make her stick. And then yeah, three Brazil nuts a day that I was doing from the day of my eggs being out till she was about six weeks because I was like, if I if I if I stop, she'll she'll go. Like, well, I didn't know she was she then, but you know, if I stop doing it, the baby won't be there anymore. So I was eating Brazil nuts. I was eating sauerkraut. I was. You don't like Brazil nuts? Beer. No. Mm. it's and also when you're eating three a day and you don't like them it you really don't like them it's just <laughs> it's a hell like, of a lot of nuts to be consuming when you don't yeah, enjoy yeah, it to see another brazil nice no but i'm very grateful to uh brazil nuts for what they've done for me you know if that was the thing <laughs> were you anxious during your pregnancy oh like you can't believe yeah I so it's a weird thing and I hope it makes sense to stay but when you go through like not conceiving and like being like part of an infertile couple and every month you're just not pregnant it becomes very familiar so when you have the pregnancy happen you're like one more step up that rickety ladder just looking for the snake that's going to drag you back down so even though you're you've got the thing you want it's unfamiliar and you've gone a bit further up so I actually the first round it only took for a few days and then I lost it and it was almost not a relief but it was almost like I'd been holding my breath until that happened because I was waiting for something to happen then when it did happen it was almost like well I knew something would happen I'm back to where I was okay I know this space but being familiar yeah I was like I don't know this I don't know how to like cope how to make the time pass because it's not just me anymore and it's not just like me going through the sadness and doing all the things like I have to like keep this baby in there she's fallen asleep now with my nipple just resting gently on her chin um I have to like keep her in there I have to like like our our cat got hit by a car when I was literally like weeks pregnant literally just after the transfer and that was like another thing that I was like well okay this is it like it's gonna it's gonna knock the embryo right out of me the stress of this cat like going missing and then eventually like returning home with like broken hips and like it was just it I was so anxious and like there was a milestones that I needed to hit where I'd heard of other people losing babies like I read an interview with Laura Whitmore and I remember she lost a baby at about eight weeks and I was like right if I can get past eight weeks then I've got past that hurdle okay then there's like the 12 week scan and then the 20 week scan and then 24 weeks you hit viability and she was already moving by then so I could feel her and I'd hit that stage where if she was born, she would not be well, but she would potentially survive. Yeah. And then it was just 
scraping my way to every single milestone that was like okay we can do this we've got this like it seems like she seems like I might be having a baby you know like and I flitted Mm -hmm. between like my 16 week scan where I found out I was having a girl and I bought like 800 dresses to like (laughs) I probably won't have a baby like I'll probably need to look into doing another round like let's let's plan the next round so that's awful what an awful place to be in because you're constantly in flux like not really allowing yourself to be okay with the pregnancy and then you know the sort of the other side of that coin where you're just like probably saying to yourself no come on you've got to try and keep in a positive frame of mind so that everything is okay so I imagine that you just can't feel relaxed or balanced or happy no that must it's be like really everything you wanted yeah. you have you're pregnant but equally you can't relax I, I mean they say don't you you know the second you become pregnant that's it you never stop worrying again oh, yeah. no, I guess that's, that's only yeah. heightened when you've been through a struggle to get to the pregnancy in the first place I can't yeah. you know I can't imagine how how that must be George don't you just spend your days and and well the both Georges I, I literally <laughs> I think I feel like parenting for me is like one big memory game of like where are things Firstly, like, have you seen my yellow toy that I had once at that fair back in 2019? You're like, I mean, what the fuck are you talking about? That's the first thing. (laughs) Secondly, you're like always trying to manage a disaster. Like you want them to go off and play and do stuff, but you don't want them balancing on a wall with one foot with a cliff below you. So you're like, oh, don't do that. Oh no, have fun, but don't do that. It's like, it just never ends, the worry. I think my biggest one at the moment is, oh my goodness, she's making so much noise in her crib. Is she all right? And then she stops. I'm like, she's not making, she's not making enough noise. (laughs) Like, come on, please just keep doing that snuffly weird grunty thing that you were doing half an hour ago like and that's like that's like I imagine my quandary is obviously going to change when she's older but it's that whole like don't do this but but do do this but not so much like she didn't she doesn't poo very much she poos like once a week which is amazing but when she poos she poos so it's like oh this is amazing but are you unwell but oh my goodness now you've done a massive poo this is too much but oh my goodness you've gone back it's it's been another five days without poo like give me some poo and give me a poo oh. for goodness sake Jesus, <laughs> Come I, love on. A poo chat, by the I way. know don't, Jesus. <laughs> that's another thing that that you become obsessed with when you become poo. a parent pooing what is that? What is that about? I've been through my WhatsApp before and found photographs of poos that I've sent to Dozer of not my own poos, of Luna and Kit's poos. And I was thinking like there used to be like the sexy photographs of me in the lingerie and then there's just a turd that I've decided would be a good idea to send to Dozer. I'm never going to do that ever again. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the birth. We wanted to chat to you about the, the birth. Yeah. And yeah. because you're such an advocate online for body positivity and these amazing, I mean, I, I just love looking at your photos because I feel really Thank empowered you. by looking at them. How was well first your labor and then your (laughs) postpartum body how did you feel about that and where your head was at afterwards um so I moved hospitals right at the end like towards the end of my pregnancy because I had a birth photographer and I wasn't allowed a second birth partner at my uh, original hospital so I moved to Royal Surrey where Firstly, birth photographer allowed. Secondly, 24 hour MS and massive yeah. Costa. So, honestly, oh, we made that's where Kit was born as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, St. Peter's was our other one, which is also an amazing hospital, but no 24 hour MS. So, no. sorry, guys. Um, so, I was told when I moved that because of my BMI, because I'm a bigger, bigger, heavier lady, that I would need to be induced between the 39, 40 week mark, which I hadn't, that, that wasn't a rule at my last hospital. And I, 
I'm a big believer that like my pregnancy was, I was so lucky. I was had such a great pregnancy. I felt fine physically. Her heart rate was fine. Like everything she turned when she was meant to, she was a good size. My placenta was in a good place. Like every scan was absolutely like fine. But if like, and I know that the, the risk thing is like, oh, your BMI is high and there's been like three cases where that's meant this. So we have to induce you. And it is, you kind of have to advocate for yourself. But I was also like very conscious, like there is obviously a reason. And that made me a bit worried. I'm like, they wouldn't say it for no reason at all. So like, when I got to my 39th week, I was like, Robbie, we're going to do the things to go into labor. So I scrubbed the kitchen floor. I sniffed clary sage oil. I ate <laughs> pineapple core. I um, drank raspberry leaf tea. And then we had a shag, which yes. let me tell you, <laughs> after all of these other things, I scrubbed the floor on my hands and knees. So I, doggy style was just a little bit painful. But anyway, <laughs> we did it. And genuinely, the next day I went into labor. And I'm not oh, like wow. saying that that's, that's going to happen, but there is something It happened for me. It happened for yeah. me. I, I Georgia, think you didn't have sex. I did. Oh, no, did. did. Sex twice. Yeah, no, yeah. Three times, three times. <laughs> conceiving Axel, conceiving Gigi, and then to get the label going it. with Gigi. There we go. Three that's times. There's the three well, times. there's the prostaglandin in the sperm, which is what they use uh, to synthetically to induce you. But I went into labor. I was like, this is great. I, feel, I was hypnobirthing. I was on my ball. I had my TENS machine on. I was eating sea bass and steamed vegetables so that I had really nice food in my body. And wow. potatoes. Really nice food in my body. I was like, this is great. That was one day. And then it went on and it went on and we went to the hospital and I was two centimeters and then she started ramming herself into my spine and I couldn't sleep and I was wailing like a newborn calf and like Robbie couldn't sleep and like I was like I don't know what to do like I don't understand yeah. I have no energy I don't know how I'm going to be able to give birth I haven't eaten I haven't slept I mean my body's like shaken from the pain went into the hospital got given all the drugs epidural yes yes I then like got like put into all the positions on their birthing bar to have her and she came out within an hour the birth was amazing the photographer was there like I had the best experience giving birth to her she was quite little so she didn't cause too much damage did you do the photographers take photographs of of everything everything you choose what yeah. you want but I said yes yeah so, so I have seen it coming her, out wow it might be a bit graphic but there's a photo where she's literally just out and I just say my fanny looks like a sock puppet because it's just all like sad and still a bit open but like oh good god I was just about to say I wish <laughs> I'd done the same as you and had a photographer and then you said that and I thought no, no. Now, I'm, now I know why no. I didn't so those photos and like there's ones where they're like pulling out the placenta and stuff which is wow. like fascinating but the photos that I wanted and the photos that I, I'm so glad I got were like me meeting her for the first time, Robbie meeting her for the first time, yeah, like all of the emotion, yeah. like all of those box fresh photos of her. Like, I cannot tell you how pleased I am that I changed hospitals, that my photographer got there because I had such a long labor. So she had so much notice to get there that they let her in that my I just had one midwife in there who was Lauren at Royal Surrey you're a legend. Hmm. She was just the most calm, amazing midwife in the world. Um, and I had such a nice recovery postpartum. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's only recently that I've had to like stop gripping the toilet seat as I poo. And like weeing obviously was a bit fun mm. to start with as well. Um, but actually I've been really happy with like that. I've been able to sort of pick her up and do things and drive and walk 
my body doesn't look the same. I have had a little bit of a struggle recently looking in the mirror. I just feel like a bit of a melted candle at the moment. Like obviously my boobs are like milky and like, like, you know, your nipples have been half chewed off and my tummy's still a bit soft and a bit like droopy and stuff. And uh, yeah, I've always been bigger and my, my body's always looked a little bit like a melted candle, but I do. It is that thing when you look at your husband, who's like a bit more refreshed because they've got up and gone to work and haven't been with the baby yeah. all day and they're mm. sat with the baby and you're sat there like oh I still like don't feel quite like me anymore but yeah. we both got the same outcome but you didn't have to have your body go from like the thing yeah. that everyone thought was the most glorious beautiful thing to oh have you snapped back yet like oh yeah 10 ways that you can snap back it's just mm. It is a bit, yeah, <laughs> double standards. The balance isn't quite right with that one. And, uh, and actually you find you find the language coming quite a lot of time from, from women who, you know, are potentially writing these like salacious headlines in various different magazines and stuff being like, oh, look at her bounce back body and look at how she snapped back post-birth. And you're yeah. thinking, why as a woman would you write that about another woman? Mm. And I think it's really dangerous. I think the language really dangerous. I think it's, it's really, really damaging for, you know, for the postpartum body, mind, soul, whatever. Has anyone seen Selling Sunsets and yeah. Christine Quinn after she has the baby and she comes out in a crop top I've heard I've not watched it but I watched yeah it's actually season. unbelievable I mean I don't I don't think I, f I I didn't think I felt that self-conscious after I had a baby I just sort of went with it and I didn't think I was affected by headlines I you know I knew it was silly all of that kind of stuff but when I saw that I I, you know, I just couldn't help but think of every mum who who was sitting watching that, who had given birth a few weeks before, probably hadn't even left the house yet. Yeah, and they have to watch that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, and it, and she's celebrated and adored, and like it's like I feel like mums who show like the real reality, the stretch marks and stuff. That luckily these days does seem to be celebrated a bit more. But there's that sort of middle of the road mum who's a bit like, well, my body's sort of gone back, and I didn't get too many stretch marks, but I still am a bit soft and poochy, and yeah, it does with seeing that and how much it's like wow that is amazing she is amazing what an incredible person yeah. you're like how everyone you was saying how to her on there like wow you look amazing I can't believe you had a baby you wouldn't have even known you had a baby a couple of weeks ago and I'm thinking how has this even got on tv yeah. how have they let this happen but isn't this just is it not just her reality because I would never say I would never say to somebody that did just have a baby and then be able to get back into a crop top. I'll never say to them, like, how can you be flaunting that around? No, it is her reality. It's a lot of, you know, a lot of women's reality. Yeah. It was the whole fact that there was such a big deal made out of the celebration of it. That was right. the bit that got me. It wasn't her, you know. So, you know, some people go out, like, after two days after they've had a baby and they're back in their clothes and that's fine, whatever. It was just the whole episode right. celebrating the fact that she looked so great. And it, I don't know. I just, I just thought yeah. of all the women who were sitting watching that. Maybe he hadn't left the house for, you know, no, I hear weeks what you're on saying. end. Yeah, well, that, um, you know, that just, I don't know. I just, uh, that's what I couldn't get was the whole celebration of it. Great, she looks brilliant, but actually, what, what does that mean? What does that even? I mean? can't understand how she hasn't trapped her long hair in a car door. <laughs> oh, you seen God. that whip? She comes out with that. That's going to get trapped yeah. in something that's going to slam front door, car door. That is quite you. You thinking that? too george 
I can't um, wear my hair like not in a ponytail anymore. Like, and I put like a bit of makeup on the other day, and I was scared that like she was gonna look like an Oompa Loompa from like how much I smush her against my face. I'm not saying Christine doesn't smush her baby because I'm sure she does, but like I have to keep my hair away because otherwise, when I put her on my shoulder, she's there like yeah, yeah. Like Ooh. it's just I don't know how. And like my false nails have had to go. Like all of it. Like I had a wax the other week. That was interesting. Brought the baby in with me. <laughs> yeah, she. Done this. I mean. Yeah, she's she's seen that end before, hasn't she? But, you know, it was all like, this is my first time having a wax and my baby's like this old. And like, how do some women get straight back on it? Like, I, my baby's lying on the floor of the waxing salon, like just chewing on her hands. So, I mean, it is another reality and I hate that we're presented with that. But also I feel like we all like it and seek it out. There's a reason the Kardashians and Love Island is popular. We can't help but... yeah seek out that thing I'm just really glad that with social media we have the exact opposite as well yeah, and we have everything. both sides we're going to finish off with um the best piece of advice that you have ever been given um <laughs> around being a new mom or the piece of advice that you would give a new mom so the one thing that I massively struggled with was putting her down because a she's adorable and b after she's fed she needs to be kept upright of course because you don't want the spew and sometimes by the time you've kept her upright she's ready for another feed and you're stuck in this endless loop of like holding feeding holding feeding and I would sit there thinking I've put a wash on this morning and I, I it's been three hours and then my husband would come home and I would cry not because I needed him to take it out because I wanted to take it out the washing machine like and like when I lost it really badly one day he literally held her and for 10 minutes I had a poo plucked my eyebrows um hung out the washing like emptied the dishwasher and then I was like I feel so good now because I was the one who needed to do that having said that I also needed to hold her for me and for her I need I like people say they'll never be this small again and it's not like you can slow down time but I want to know that I always held her that she always knew I was there and luckily a few days later I had the health visitor around who was like she's a really content baby and she's really content because she knows she doesn't have to cry to get your attention because you're already giving her a lot like you can tell that she's just she's chill like and like I am really lucky she is just a chill baby anyway um but the best piece of advice is like hold them as much as you want like okay it, you might get in your head with like wanting to do things around the house there's nothing more frustrating than being two meters from like something that you're like I just want to pick that up and put it in the bin but I can't because the baby's asleep on me she's now at the age where she does kind of sometimes not want to be held and she likes to sit in her little donut on her own and you can see that she's a bit like okay get off me mum but I'm so glad I held her as much as I did. I got those amazing snuggles because she does still, obviously she's still tiny. I'm still going to get the snuggles for a long time. But I'm so glad I held her for as much as I did and that I let things pile up and whatever else because ultimately Robbie did come home and get to hold her. I needed to just be like, it's okay, Robbie will be home soon. So if I were to put that as a too long didn't read, like hold them as much as you and they need. Like you cannot overhold a baby. They're not manipulative. A baby no. doesn't cry because you've held them too much and they want to be held more. A baby cries because they want you to come and hold them. Like it, as an adult, if I was upset and someone didn't comfort me or I was hungry and I didn't get food, then I would be upset and if I couldn't get a response to that it would make me more upset so I'm gonna do the same for her like when she wants to be held or hold her I love that yeah (laughs) I completely agree with you as well and also just so you know my two are five and three and Isla who's my stepdaughter who's eight and they still want cuddles all the time yeah so I just think like cuddly parents cuddly kids like it's so lovely I'm never gonna stop doing that 
Good. I think yeah. it's really, really nice. And I just want to ask you about your products. Obviously, you are right in the mix of the newborn stage. So the products that you're absolutely living in and dying by at the moment. So metanium, like old that old school yellow nappy cream, not only for her, but for me, I've put it on spots and it is a dream. Love that. Um, a pram caddy because I need to take my life out with me. And sometimes I forget, but in the pram caddy is like all the essentials for me and for her. We've got painkillers, we've got face masks in there, but we've also got some extra nappy um nappy bags and bibs and stuff um and it's just easier than taking a whole bag out with me um my sensory box now that she's a bit older so I've got like feathers and light up things and rattly things and stuff like that for her it tires her out she loves it I just feel like I'm on top of it being a mum when I get the sensory box out because I'm like yeah that's right I'm gonna sensory play with my child now I'm the mum that's got the sensory box okay <laughs> yeah yeah I've got my okay I live together. in Surrey I've got yeah. my sensory box and I'm gonna go walking my wellies in a bit and what um my cowpole nose spray because she was quite snuffly um as a newborn and it's just easier to jet that all the way up their nose and then I couldn't like decide on the last thing I've got little lights that I've got stuck everywhere around the house so I don't have to put the big lights on that you just tap and they come on those are great and then my projector my star projector um that was what saved me last night and she slept for eight hours solid last night no wake up it's called Mordig the brand yeah Um, nice okay uh, that or like the um, the little Z I've got, which you put in the cot with them and it kind of vibrates as if they're in a car. Yeah. Um, that is the one. So those are like my live at the moment, my live and die by things that I'm like, yes, if I were to gift something to a friend who's having a baby, it would be one of those things. Okay. So, yeah. I love that. Do you know what? To those listening who want to know the details of the products, and we'll put them in the show notes for you. And we'll also put them across our Instagram as well. Um, George, it has been an absolute delight. I love how honest and real you are. And it's just been such a pleasure talking to you. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank and you And we're going to not, we're going to leave you now and you can just crack on with the boob now she's like calm and like asleep on the nipple of course (laughs) you just wanted to chat it's like a cozy place to be (laughs) come and see us again soon thank you so much for chatting with me i mean where do you buy this sucky lube from i'm i'm fully invested in this i mean i don't know i actually want to get pregnant but i just never knew it existed (laughs) i thought it's called special lube well i'm calling it sucky lube because it's (laughs) Because <laughs> it sucks, 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 I bought this Oh, good God, woman. Yeah, the special, I mean, I'd heard about the special lube before, but um, I, I think I didn't really know it's like magical qualities. I had not heard of it. No, I learned so much. I learned so much from this podcast. Yeah, no, and do you know what? And we're laughing and we're joking, but obviously... George has been on such a horrendous yeah. journey yeah. to getting pregnant. But yeah. I love that, you know, we there was lots of light in that conversation yeah. as well, like yeah. around a, quite a serious topic, I guess. Yeah, and I also I also really loved how she was able to is able to kind of talk about the sort of, you know, the the the, the, the postpartum parts that actually yeah. she probably you know, maybe didn't expect to happen. Like she obviously touched on the fact that she had quite a tough time with her lows. Um, And I think, you know, for somebody that had been on such a long journey to motherhood, you know, there might have been a tendency to just be like, oh no, no, it's all fine. I've got my baby. And, you know, I finally got my baby and did it. But actually she was still talking about the real stuff, still talking about the stuff that was going on with her. And and, not sugarcoating it. Not sugarcoating it. Yeah, exactly. And you know what else as well? I think it's really brave when somebody is going through, you know, a fertility journey and they say that even when their best friend 
you know, finds out they're pregnant and announces they're pregnant, it hurts and, and it mm. upsets them because mm. you, you know, we're, it's sort of instilled in us that we need to be happy for other people. You know, we, mm. we've got to be happy for other people. And yeah, of course, you know, we are happy for other people, but if you're going through something like that, it can hurt. It would it would hurt. It's natural for it to hurt. And I don't think that people should be ashamed of admitting that um, mm. and protecting themselves because obviously that's human nature. You know, mm. it, it is going to hurt if you want something so badly and somebody else seems to have got it, e- you know, in an easy way or mm. easier. Or it, it, you can't, I can imagine that you would feel mm. quite bitter. Um, mm. And it's definitely, you know, I, I've spoken about how I got pregnant and... It, it wasn't always, you know, neither of them were planned. And I know how fortunate I am now that that, that was the case. And I, and I just, yeah, yeah, I just, I know I need to be mindful of that when, you know, talking to friends, especially who, who might be going through the fertility journeys that I don't yeah. know about. Yeah, and also when she said, when you know, when she was talking about if you do know somebody that is going through fertility struggles and you are announcing your pregnancy to send them a text yes so that they've got the space to respond in their own time rather than phoning them up or meeting up with them in person and telling yeah. them the news. But I look back on the way that I told my sister you know in the middle of a Chinese restaurant it's like was that the right thing to do I don't yeah, know I know but you don't know that's the thing could I have just sent my sister a text and tell her I was pregnant probably not but I don't know I've sort of thought about it a lot since the chat and I've thought maybe that was a bit of a fuck up from me um, mm. anyway yeah, it's all learning and I'm exactly. really really glad that we had the, the conversation with her and she, fa- like thank you to George for being so honest and open about it yeah. Um and as always, we would absolutely love you to rate, review, subscribe and give the podcast a little follow as well. We are also very, yeah. very excited <laughs> because uh, we've been nominated for the best podcast um, in the Glow Mama Awards, which is very yes. exciting. You can vote if you head to the Glow Mama website. You, you vote for all the different categories and we are there under best podcast, which we need to win. So please, yeah. we are begging. Please, yeah. please <laughs> vote for us. <laughs> we would love you to. And if you have got any suggestions um you know if guests you'd like to hear from this year things you'd like to see us do on instagram please just drop us a dm you know these podcasts are for you um as much as we love doing them you know they yeah they're, they're for you to listen to and enjoy so any feedback please drop us a dm we're on at made by mummers and we will be back with another episode on friday Made by Mummers is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful charlotte mason Insanity Group. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.